carry on our series on Galatians and as you can see I am talking about faithfulness for the people who pay massive attention to the order we are slightly breaking the rules and changing the order Um, so apologies to anyone who gets upset that we've changed the order it shouldn't affect it too much but I thought I'd say before people question it So just a reminder of the verse we're kind of basing this whole series on. Um, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as I said, I am focusing on, on faithfulness this morning. So I thought a good place to start was clarifying what faith is. Um, and clarifying what faithfulness, because there is a slight difference even though they link. So, faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something, i.e. how reliable or trustworthy I or we think God is. And that is what our, our faith is based around. If we don't think God is very trustworthy, then our faith isn't very strong. If we think God can do absolutely anything and move mountains, then our faith is very strong faithfulness then comes out of faith and focuses on the quality of being loyal and steadfast so in response to how loyal and steadfast god is how reliable and and, or trustworthy am i in response to that and equally how trustworthy do we think god is out of out of what he's promised as well but ultimately this morning we are focusing on our faithfulness so how reliable or trustworthy am i as a response to how big my faith is so the strength of my faith allows me to develop my faithfulness so where um galatians talk about but the fruit of the spirit is it's not saying we have an automatic ticket to being Uh, master of faithfulness it's saying we get that from the spirit and it's something we grow in it is something we develop it is something we will take a lifetime to master and if we master it at all but ultimately the strength of my faith helps me develop that it helps me if I think God can absolutely move mountains then I'm likely hopefully to put more emphasis on responding to that and being better in that space So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the word of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that demonstrates what we're talking about, where the strength of my faith. So if I believe God can do anything, I'm going to stand firm and be able to develop that faithfulness. And I think that verse just demonstrates that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story in the last couple of years. um, And just how maybe I could have been better in my faithfulness. And it's not saying that I didn't have faith in these moments. But it is saying that I probably could have demonstrated my faithfulness better. So a couple of you know that I had Edward in April 2020. 
forgot his birthday then. Um, <laughs> um, April 2020. And um, during that, hopefully you will all remember that that was the very, very start of COVID. So we were all in lockdown. Uh, nobody could come and visit us. Um, and two weeks after Edward was born, I got immense pain um, and I had to go to any. Um, sorry, I didn't think I was going to get choked up about this. Two seconds. Um, so at two weeks old, I went into A&E with Edward. And he, I had to go on morphine because I was in immense pain. And at that point, they said, Edward can no longer stay with you. So at two weeks old, Edward had to go home with Pete. And I had to sit in A&E on my own and ultimately get admitted um, with gallstones, which for any of the people who've suffered with gallstones, maybe most of you haven't suffered with gallstones two weeks after giving birth, but anybody who's suffered with gallstones is incredibly painful, and in my rating, it is worse worse than labour. It is incredibly painful. And so I sat in A&E, and I cried, and I cried. Imagine pregnancy hormones added on top of everything else. And Pete had to be at home with a newborn and do that all on his own because COVID didn't allow us to have any help. And ultimately, I would say me and Pete, in the what should have been the best time of our lives having a newborn, we were crushed because we were separated, I couldn't see my newborn baby, and it was hard, to say the least. And in that, I, I, obviously, I didn't lose my faith, I'm not saying, but I didn't demonstrate faithfulness. I didn't particularly include God. I didn't particularly pray or cry out. I just cried. And there's a difference between sitting in that space and including God and praying and and demonstrating that you believe God is with you than sitting there and just having faith that God is out there somewhere and God is a part of something but not quite a part of what you're going through and one of the things so I did get released I still had gallstones but I did get released um, from A&E I went home and every week the same thing happened because of COVID, they were doing no operations. So I couldn't have my gallbladder removed for eight months after Edward was born. So this continued for eight months while we weren't allowed to see anybody and while we weren't allowed any help. And the thing that I developed over that time is the ability to say, God, I really need you right now. Come and be a part of this. And it wasn't that I... I knew the facts. I knew that they weren't open operations. And I did ask for a miracle, but it wasn't necessarily my expectation. But I learned that God could be in it with me, even though I was suffering. And I think that shows faithfulness. I think involving God in our suffering shows faithfulness. Involving God in any situation shows faithfulness. And that's where faith is different from faithfulness because you can believe in a God you can believe that God is in someone else's life but if he's not if you can't believe that he's part of yours when you are suffering or even when you're in immense joy because sometimes we forget to do that too that's the difference between faith and faithfulness so during that time 
I clung on to this. Um, so most of you have heard of the Footprints in the Sand poem. Um, so the last bit of that poem um, says, but I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever. During your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And that's kind of what I clung on to. Once I kind of realized that God was actually next to me and God was carrying me, that's the that's the poem that I clung on to. That's the bit that I just went, do you know what? I can't do this on my own. And it's definitely not getting better on my own. If anything, it's worse because I have no hope when I'm on my own. Involving God in that pain was an incredible difference than what I went through in the first couple of weeks. So, Matthew 26, verse 36 to 46 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going little farther, he fell with his face, thank you, to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away for a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So the difference between my first couple of weeks of pain and suffering, Jesus demonstrates here what I probably should have been doing. (laughs) And what he immediately does is, even though he is really struggling with his fate, with what he needs to go through, he prays. He involves God straight away. And even if he doesn't necessarily like the outcome or everything is not given to him as he wants... He says, do you know what, God, you're involved in this. Like, I'm going to talk to you and and relay what I'm feeling. Relay, even if it's not necessarily in line with what you, you with what you feel. Actually, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. So in Romans eight twenty six, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, 
But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I think that's especially when you're in pain or suffering. But equally, when you're in immense joy, sometimes you don't know the words to pray. But involving God in all situations is what Jesus demonstrated and is what we should do. Equally, Jesus presents, even though he's not liking the outcome, even though he really doesn't want to go through what he knows he has to, he trusts and he submits to what God wants him to do. And I think sometimes that may be one of the hardest things that we have to do is even when it isn't going our way or even when we would quite like things to maybe happen a bit quicker or we'd like things to happen a bit differently in our minds. Actually trusting, and that's where our faith comes in, is trusting that God knows what's best for us, even if we don't agree. (laughs) So Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And then the submission bit is demonstrated in Matthew, but in Luke it says 22, 42, which is the the same story, but in Luke. Um, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's a full submission. So it's not, it's not a, I really don't want to do this. And if you're, if you pressure me, I might fold eventually. It's a, I really don't want to do this, but you know best. And how we act out of that is really important. So we are motivated to be faithful and able to be faithful because God is faithful to us. And this is where the link between faith and faithfulness is really important. Because if we don't believe that God is faithful, then we're going to really struggle to be faithful back. So cementing our faith is just as important as living that out. But they do link, and so you can't really have one without the other. But we should be, so I say we are, we should be motivated. There are times then we might not be, but we should be. Um, I've got a quote here from Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, He's... Um, a guy I follow on Twitter, but he's from America. He's um, he's actually a psychologist, I believe, um, but he's a Christian as well. So he, he speaks a lot about our minds and how our faith kind of interacts with that. Um, and this is a quote from his Twitter. It says, we are often taught that self-sufficiency is a positive character trait. So we think the individual who doesn't have or doesn't show their problems is a model of maturity. The truth is, your needs are a gift from God designed to draw you into relationship with him. I love that quote because it doesn't say you need to be happy to have a relationship with God. You need to be perfect to have a relationship with God. It just says, no, God created us to be human. And actually, God wants to be involved in everything. Like absolutely everything, however you feel have whatever you want, whatever you need. God wants to be involved in all of that. So us compartmentalizing our lives and only going, well, you can be a part of this bit, but not a part of this bit. Or actually, I'm in too much pain to talk to you today. That's not what God wants. God wants to be involved in all of it. And he wants to be in relationship with us. And that's where Jesus demonstrating that we go immediately to prayer is really important. Because I think that first step where we go, do you know what, it's not going all right. 
I'm not okay is probably the most important bit where we go, do you know what? It's not, it's not how I want it, but God is still with me and I'm still on this walk with God. And ultimately, for me, that poem is, no, God's carrying me at this point. <laughs> so in our day-to-day lives, because I, I realise that some stories in the Bible or some examples actually are quite over there. We can't quite relate to them. And I think it's really important that, how, that we see where we can demonstrate this in our day-to-day lives. And I literally mean day-to-day. I don't mean on a Sunday or when we're with the right group of people. It's literally every day in every scenario. So we've talked about our relationship with God, and obviously we can be faithful in that. But also we can be faithful in our marriages. Some of us obviously aren't married, but I can be faithful to Pete. Pete is faithful to me. We can be faithful in our family or household units. We can be faithful in our friendships. We can be faithful in our work context, whether you are the employee or the employer. We can be faithful in, if you're, I know Pete's studying at the moment, so he can be faithful in committing to his studies. There's so many opportunities to be faithful in our day-to-day lives. It doesn't just have to be the big picture. Actually, it's the really little details where we can practice faithfulness all the time. So what happens when we're not faithful? What is the consequence of not being faithful? And interestingly, I had a conversation with Coralie just before we started here. And one of the words I've written down in my notes is devastation. And she said, what do you mean by that? And I said, every every way that I've ever seen people not being faithful or people haven't necessarily demonstrated faithfulness in the way we would idealize it ends in heartbreak it ends in breakdown of trust it ends in pain and suffering and it ends with long-term effects normally and so what what is the consequences actually they can be huge by us not demonstrating faithfulness, even in our little, even in the, the little parts of our lives, or what we consider to be little parts of our lives, can have really long-term effects and affect us going forward. And often it can be repaired, but often it's quite a long, long journey to do that. So I know I stepped away from church and God when I was 16-ish, maybe a bit before that, and I didn't come back till I was 20. And it took me a really long time and actually some of it I'm still seeing the effects of in my mindset or things that I still have to work through but you end up with guilt and shame and and the points where you've stepped away from something whether that be friendships or whether you've I don't know made a promise and not kept to it or those type of things can have really long lasting effects and so we don't want to get to the point where we've already done the unfaithfulness bit and then we have to fix it. And so it is a matter of, it can be fixed. Um, and there, there are many examples where you will find that it can be fixed. But I, I'm hoping that I fixed fine with God. <laughs> um, but it does take a long time and it takes a lot of work. And actually, if we can avoid that altogether, why wouldn't we? <laughs> 
So Proverbs 3, verses 3 to 4 says, Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favour and good repute in the sight of God and of people. So the positive side, what happens when we do practice faithfulness? And the things that I've seen when people practice faithfulness is security and comfort and stability and encouragement and reinforcement and trust and hopefully internal life. There are two verses in the Bible, Revelations 2 verse 10 and Matthew 24 verse 13. It says, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who endures to the end shall be saved. So that's kind of bottom line. But actually, there's so much more that faithfulness gives you during, during your life. And actually, if we can all act with faithfulness, we might all actually be a lot safer, a lot securer. We might have... We might see a little bit less mental health issues around because actually people feel a little bit safer, a little bit more secure. And I'm not saying faithfulness will fix all problems. That is not what I'm saying. But actually it might make a huge difference if we all just practiced it in our everyday. So the next question is how do we practice it? I think... There's four things that I've identified. There's probably a whole load more, but there's four things that I've identified. One is communication and ultimately prayer for that with God. But actually, in our day-to-day, I don't pray to Pete. I just speak to him. (laughs) Um, So communication, whether that be prayer or or actual communication face-to-face, I think that's hugely important and being really honest and being transparent in how we feel, um, what we need, how, what we, what the other person's needs are, and it's, it's appreciating their needs as well. The second one, and it's linked to communication, is resolving issues. So forgiveness, I think, is a huge part of faithfulness. And if we can forgive quickly and in a... T- without it causing too much pain and actually from both sides finding resolution that is practicing faithfulness if we can if we can say sorry as quickly as we judge someone or as quickly as we have have any sort of conversation if the first thing we think of is actually i'm not going to hold a grudge here i'm going to forgive i'm going to live out that forgiveness and it might be that you need to forgive someone every day every hour some people um (laughs) but it's practicing forgiveness the third one is i've put support and defend um so i think it's important that we're the same in every context and that might mean if on a sunday if somebody said to you what does your faith mean to you or what does god mean to you or what do you believe god can do Would you give the same answer if somebody at work asked the same question? Or if somebody in the street asked the same question? Or somebody who didn't have a faith? Would you give the same answer? And it's making sure that we are consistent in how we speak about our relationships. So 
if I'm an old at Pete, it's actually having that conversation with him. And it might be that I need to outwork that with someone else, but actually making sure I'm completely transparent with Pete and then not going and saying something completely different to someone else when I'm at work or when I'm... And that's exactly the same for our relationship with God. It's making sure that we are saying exactly the same things on a Sunday as we are in our day-to-day. And the final one, which I think is really, really important, is keeping our promises. So I think sometimes we commit to things, or and they could be really, really small. So somebody asks you to do something at work, and you say, oh, yeah, I've got time to that. and then Or you commit to a deadline at work, and, and, you, and you don't reach it. To me, it is just as important to say, to be honest in that situation and go, do you know what? I might not be able to get that to you for a week because I'm really busy. And actually fulfilling that promise, then it is saying, oh yeah, I'll get everything done and not getting it done. And so that's like a real life example. But equally, we make some big promises sometimes. And sometimes we know we're not going to keep them because we're human. And actually being realistic in our limitations is really important. And having that transparency. God made us human. He knows we're going to make mistakes. So having that transparency and going, God, I can commit to this. And I will try and do this. And I will work towards what we're talking about over here. But actually in this moment, I'm going to commit to this. And really committing to that. So I think keeping our promises is, is really important in faithfulness. Julie, do you want to? Luke 16 verse 10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And I've put on the slide, be faithful even even in the smallest of circumstances. And I think that's where we start. I think that if we can start to do it, in the really small things, that will develop into the bigger things. So making sure that we're not making, like, like the work example I said, promises that we can't keep. Making sure that actually everything I say, I would say in front of the person. If God was standing in front of me, making sure that everything I say about him, I would say in front of his face. Making sure everything I would say about Pete, I would say in front of his face. And it's not necessarily hiding that I might be upset with Pete at times. We might not be seeing eye to eye on something. And that's okay, but it's making sure that we go, actually, we disagree on this, but we still love each other. We are still there for each other. We are still 100% committed to each other. And that's the difference, is we can, there are things that we can suffer through, or there are things that bring us pain, or there are things that we might have to work through. But we are still 100% committed to each other and I think that's where I'm going to leave is start with the small and build it up to the bigger things